You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Rabelsky is talking about the changing the temperature, the heat, not of the burners, but of the oven itself. So, again, you have your uh, stove. The stove is set, let's say, at uh, 325. You need the stove set at a higher uh, amount. Can you change the, the temperature of the stove on Yom Tov? Now, he starts off about an electric stove, Tanar Chashmali. And he also talks about a gas stove or a gas oven, as we call it. A gas oven. Or well, Rav, it's not a stove. It's, it's an oven. An oven. Right. 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 So the, but it's the oven, the, the, the stove top. They call that the stove top. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the oven. And why do you want to do that? Because the, the thing you want to make on Yontif needs more heat. Or maybe it's too hot and you actually want to lower the heat that's in the oven. That's the question. So let's see. Tanur Chashmali, and, and most people in Elizabeth do not have this, but there are many people who do. Uh, an electric oven that has a thermostat mechani with mechanical settings of the thermostat. So mutter lahalot esa temperaturot, <laughs> you, could, you could raise the temperature of the electric oven. When, and I assume what goes on is it goes on and off. In other words, let's say the electric oven was set for a certain uh, amount. Let's say we said before 325. So the uh, when it hits that amount it's it's still hot in there but he says that right it's in other words you can still see that the that there's a, that heat of the electricity is still you can see the 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 essence of it that 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 metal is is hot the electric current going through it so when that's going on you can raise the setting. And if you want to lower the setting, which means <laughs> you can lower it when that current, at that thing is actually off. But you have to know for sure what's going on. Now, um, then he's going to go on to the gas, uh, to the gas ovens. Um, now here I was trying to make sense of this myself. I, 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 you guys can help me out with this. And this footnote, uh, we'll make it a little bit larger so everybody can see it even better. Well, that's too large. The thermostat mechani, with the, I guess when the mechanical settings on the thermostat, when you hagbarat raising it, hanmachat or lowering the temperature. It happens just through the turning of your hand. 
It doesn't happen because you cause something electric to occur. It's not that you somehow have 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 helped it with some sort of electrical lowering or hiring. What happens? By turning the knob, the sieve of a kaftor, who marchik umikarev shnei pase matechet. Now, this was a chiddush to me. There were these two pieces of metal, these two metal uh, pieces, a pas, shebeschabrutam yachad, when, okay, let's see, tell me better. Um, okay. Uh, if, if, if need be, I'll switch to the, uh, to the cell phone, but you'll let me know. So what we're talking about is this metal that it, when they come together, when those two pieces of metal are together, when they are stuck together, that is the electric current that, 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 that is generated, that causes this oven to work. Now, they are affected by what the temperature around them is. When the temperature is higher, then what happens is they actually separate. Because that's what happens, he says. That's what happens with metal. When it gets hotter, it actually expands. And therefore, the the electric current is, is severed. But when it becomes cooler inside of the oven, so then those metal electric, those those metal pieces actually shovemumiskapsim, then they actually become smaller and they shrink in a way and they come closer and then they get closer to each other. If it's, if they're farther away, it's going to take, they need less time to get hot in order for them to, to expand and separate. And if they're going to cool down, Yoser's man, it needs more time, in order for them to actually become closer. So then what happens? And that actually closes the electric current. If the space between them is smaller, so then these pieces are separate. They separate, it takes, it takes a longer time for them to separate, and they become closer quicker. He says, if that's the way that works, with this thermostat, lowering it or strengthening it, all it does is move these pieces together in a mechanical way. And you're not really causing it. You aren't doing the electrical act at all. Now, I read it. I translated it. I don't understand it. 
and you see Ravelski did. If anybody wants to uh, uh, ring in on this, please do. He obviously understood it. You would have thought that the electric stove is worse. But he actually says that changing the setting on the electric stove is really not acting on it, and, and, and it's totally fine. I don't have an electric stove. I don't know if anybody here does, but but again, if you understand how this works, you'll let me know. But that's in terms of I think the electric one is better or that it's not worse. It sounds like he's saying that it's no worse than a regular one, not that it's better. You're going to see soon, Avrami, that it's that it's better because he has a lot of problems with the gas stove, with the electric (laughs) stove. What do you think he means, Michael? I think what he's I think what he's trying to get to is that uh, we, we understand we understand first of all mechanical versus digital, right? So the basic idea is you're just dealing with pieces of metal, whether you're separating them or you're, or you're putting them together. You're not doing anything. You're not you're not doing any LEDs. No, there's no malacha rabbanan at all to, to deal with here. Yeah, this the wouldn't apply to dealing well. with is whether you are physically doing something. In other words, whether it's an issue of it's already happening, you're just strengthening it, or you're actually doing something. So what he's trying to get to is if you know the oven's on, such that the, the two pieces of metal in the thermostat are connected, they're allowing the electric circuit through, by you're raising the temperature, you're just ensuring that they stay close to one another for a longer period of time, essentially. You're not doing anything. The circuit is already built. So and Likewise, I'll... when the circuit's broken, you're not breaking it more. You're not doing anything else except to make sure that it will then go on again later. So, it, you know, it reminds me in a certain sense of, uh, of uh, Shlomo Zaman Orbach's view of, of electric timers. The idea is that as long as you're not physically doing anything, like you're, you know, let's say you're removing a certain lever such that the thing will go off later, right? It'll continue to stay on. So you're not physically doing anything except taking the lever out. You're not changing how the clock works at all. He allows that in that situation. That's, I think that's what we're getting to here with the thermostat. Yeah, this is very similar to to, to air conditioners with uh, with the mechanical thermostat or the mechanical Shabbos clock. Sorry, on uh, on Shabbos where you're allowed to extend it. You know. Right. Okay. So this. Let's move on. Thank you, Michael. Let's move on now to the uh, to the gas. <laughs> he says. Gaz, there's more worries. You have to know that the um, that the oven is on if you want to raise the temperature. The new ovens, which I think is all ovens today, now, what's the metzet chashmali? That's the that's that is a uh, an electric matzid. indicator. Matzid. Matzid is a, a lighter. The spark. The sparker. It's a sparker. Lighter. Lighter. So that's the thing that actually causes it. It's gas, but if it wouldn't be for an electricity electric uh, a spark, spark, it wouldn't turn on. It's the same so, issue as with the stovetop. So he says, "Ein liftoach esadelit." You shouldn't even open the door to the stove because when you open the door to the stove, if it's on, in other words, if you turn it on, even if it's turned on before Yantav, because that's going to cause the fire to go on. 
So you have to be, so he says that you can't even open. You have a problem opening the igniter. Yes. Okay. So now he's going to explain that. So this, this. I, I do have a electric uh, oven, but it's digital, but it has a half K. Uh, right. Um, star K. Kashrut on it. Star K. Star K. Star K. Right. That's so, true. So, so, and, Shabbos mode. Right. That's so for this, the Shabbos, but, but you cannot use it on Shabbat. You have to use it only on uh, Yom Tov. Yeah, so I think Ravelsky was one of the Rabbanim, and I, I tried, unfortunately, this was such a um, an issue that I, I had, years ago, it was still online, Rav Heinemann's Heter, for that stove, which is, it still backs his Heter, and Ravelsky and a number of many other Rabbanim came out against the, the Shabbos mode, uh, even for Yom Tov. So, um, so let's read what he says here. I'll do my best, and I'm, I'm happy with all for all the help. That's that's the stove top, I believe, right? What you do on top of the stove is different than what's inside the oven. When you when you raise it or lower it, you can see it in the actual flame that's there on the stovetop. But the oven inside, it's one basic generating of, of, of a fire inside. The visotachom, the the regulation of the temperature. How does it? How do you know it gets hotter in the stove or not? That's done. Are you the thermostat that shuts the fire off inside, or causes it to go on again, based on it reading the the sensor reading the the amount of the temperature that you want. The, the, the oven on the inside, when it says, oh, this is 325, that's what you said you wanted. So what happens? When it reaches that, what happens is, is that it shuts off. Until it gets cooler inside of the oven. And then the thermostat goes on. The thermostat goes on. And what occurs then? When the thermostat goes on, it starts the oven up again. So, okay. If a person wants to have his, he already said it before, Yomtev. And he would like his oven is to be hotter on Yantif. As long as that oven is still working, what you can do is turn it to a hotter temperature. Because that's not going to cause. In, in terms of the inside of the oven, any change. It just won't turn off. Hakol nisha ba'osamatsev. 
menorah tabikoret duluka, the 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 um, the symbol that registers the the LED, the thing that shows you that the light that it's on is still going to stay on, and the heat on the inside of the oven will stay the same as it was. What does it mean when you change the temperature of your oven, your in, internal temperature of your oven? The thermostat has now raised itself. But there is not, and this is what you were saying before, you're not doing anything usher now. This is what Avrami was saying before about um, altering your your, uh, your your air condition your air conditioning timer. You're not doing anything usher right now. What are you doing now when you turn that knob? Zerak yigron This will mean that the heat stays on longer which means it's going to get hotter on the inside till it turns off. Let's say you had your oven on at 400 and you realize that that is too hot for what you want to cook. So you have the right on Yantif. You wait until it's already that Right? You wait until it's already that hot. And then what do you do? Yafchis as a mylus thermostat. Then you lower the, the degree setting of the thermostat. And what does that just mean? What that means is that it's going to stay off longer. Now, why are you allowed to do that? Because most thermostats are just mechanical. And by turning the button... This is what we saw in the footnote. All you're doing is pushing the space between the circuit farther away. And you're not really doing any sort of electrical act at all. Now, when it comes to a gas oven, he says, lately, the gas ovens are more advanced than they used to be. Yoser v'yoser mishuchlalim. And because they're more advanced, they can do more, they're more complex. The newer ovens, a digital display, along with a, a, a LED um, indicator, which tells you exactly how hot the oven is. And it tells you whether it's on or off. Now, because that will change, because every time you open the uh, oven door, you're letting in air, right? Which is cooling what's going on inside. This is what they invented. I think it was, um, I forgot what the name of the uh, uh, KitchenAid, I think were the leaders in this. Himtziu Matziv Shabbat. They have a Shabbos uh, mode. Shatetsuga Digitalis And that's what happens, that if you turn the Shabbos mode on, 
you don't see a digital indicator. But then you don't really know if it's on or off. Because since the digital indicator is off on the Shabbos mode, the light is also doesn't mean anything. And you're not sure if it's actually working inside or not. You can't anymore raise the key to the oven or lower it. Unless you can see and look in the oven actually and tell if the fire is on inside is hard to do because you can't open it up he says because that might cause it to 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 change so you have to be able you have to be able go go ahead michael just 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 briefly so just to give our our current oven as an example and i think a lot of ovens nowadays are like this first of all you have a window and if it's a gas oven you can tell if the gas oven is on or not you can i mean you can hear it and you can see it it's a glow when it's on and there's no glow when it's off and you can tell by listening to the gas actually flowing when the gas is off. It should be very uh-huh. easy to tell, even without the thermostat. Uh-huh. So this is, you, you don't understand why he's so upset, worried about this. Yes. Maybe the models in those days, when they first came out with the Shabbos mode and whatever, that it was, maybe the door was not clear to, to see through into it. I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay. He says, There's another complication. In the old days, when you had a gas oven, even when the oven was was kavui, was off, and you had no problem, in fact, raising or lowering the heat on Yontif, because, this is the pilot light he's going to be talking about, every, every gas oven had a pilot light in it. That was what was generated, the big gas that started to flow through. If you opened the oven door, even though it now occurred, there were thermostats, and that would cause the whole oven to go on, but that's okay, because you're not being molded anything. Remember, that's what we talked about the other day with putting the water in the urn. You're not generating a new type of fire. The fire is already there. All you're doing is extending from the uh, pilot light into the breath of the oven. It's true you don't need it. You could say, hey, look, I need to open the door because I need to get the food out of there. So therefore, he feels that 
there was no problem in the past. Even if it's a, even if you want to, because you're you're opening the oven for your own purposes. You're not opening the oven to cause it to go on. Avo, bismanenu, ein od matzitim keelu shogaz. Today, pilot lights are gone. Why? Shamem shola hotzia minachok esamatzitim keelu. The the government said you can't build ovens anymore with these pilots. Why? I guess it's because uh, <laughs> they were worried about energy being energy efficient, and and therefore all ovens needed to all new ovens had to accord so a certain energy rules, and the ones with the pilot lights were not energy efficient because of that. So now, what happens? How does the ovens turn on today? Yesha metzit chashmali is like Sheila said, this electric igniter. Hamiyatzer nitzitz koton that does create a small spark. Shemimenu nidlekes eshktana. And then when that spark is lit, then the gas goes on and the big fire in the oven streams through the oven. So therefore, when you open the oven, the door of the oven, that causes, I'm sorry, when you turn the oven on, that causes the the igniter to create the big flame. Now, you want to say that's a psychratia, uh, especially if all you're trying to do is just get the food out. Maybe it's a suffix psychratia, but he doesn't like these aterim. This is just a pilpul, he says. What you need to do, and, and maybe Michael is right, you can look inside. You need to know and see that the fire is on. And when the fire is on, you can open the oven. But he does not say, um, when it comes to the gas ovens of today, he says, he, he does, again, the, the problem is how are you going to, to change the heat is a problem, I believe. You know, right? Because you have to, you have to, push, you have to push a button. You have to push an electric. Uh, you have to push the button on the um, on the display, and that I'm not sure if you're able to do. So anyway, yeah, so I, I don't know if Moshe can speak to, to this because since he has that kind of oven, I, I thought in the Shabbos mode you, you have to be at a certain temperature, and that's it. Right. That's absolutely correct. You cannot change the temperature on it. Right. So, so what used to be, so basically the old, what we're coming out with is the electric, pure electric ovens are, are better for cooking for Yontif than the gas ovens that we have. Because there is a method, is the way he explained it, to actually turn it on, to actually turn, the, to make the temperature higher than it was before. Uh, the Shabbos mode ovens, you have just have to, the, what's the benefit? The benefit of the Shabbos mode oven, even if you hold of the, of the Shabbos mode, is that um, you don't have to worry about it turning off. It stays on the whole time, right? That's all it does. The Shabbos mode basically keeps the oven on the whole time at that temperature. And I don't know what's going to be our uh, situation in, 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 in New Jersey or wherever you're listening, in Chicago. But sometimes it gets pretty hot on Shavuos, and you're going to have your oven on the whole day, 
that's not going to be, you might have a problem in terms of, of making it lower. So um, that, that might be one of the issues. I want to do one last thing. So that's Ravelsky. We, a, a week ago, as I mentioned, there was the Petira of Rav Rabinovich, Nochem Eliezer Rabinovich, Nochem Rabinowitz. And I just want to do one little piece of his uh, since I think it's relevant. So, and then we're going to go to the Yerushalmi. So this is, and, and we're going to do some more Rav Rabinovich as we go on. We know, especially, uh, I don't know if we have any here on Elizabeth, but I know the people in Chicago that are listening, I know we have a number of Shulchim uh, from Eretz Yisrael who uh, stay for a year. B'nai Akiva sends Shulchim. I know here in Elizabeth, there was at the Y, we had Shulchim for a while as well. If you are here as a Shliach uh, from Eretz Yisrael, and it's the second day of Yontif, this year, of course, it's Shabbos, so it won't make a difference. But let's say, as we had in Pesach, the Shluchim from Eretz Yisrael, what is their din in terms of keeping the second day of Yontif? Okay? So let's take a look. And again, if, you, if, if anybody wants to uh, ring in with uh, any comments, please do. Let's see. So this is Rav Rabinovich. It should be a schus for him. It's within, we're within his shloshim. Uh, he was nifter just, I think, March, May 7th, I believe. I think so. 6th or 7th. Pasach b'shulchan arach sheben Eretz Yisrael she'ikar dirosa b'Eretz Yisrael. If a person is, a, is, is, is an Israeli and he lives essentially in Eretz Yisrael and now he's going to Chutzlaretz l'shachod zmanit. Zmanit. A temporary time outside of Israel. Well, Shulchan Aruch says, you need to keep the second day because you have to take on the Chumrah of the place you came from. The Taz, and we did this not that long ago, in Shulchan Aruch writes, when the Shulchan Aruch says you have to keep it, that's only in front of people. If you're in your own apartment with nobody seeing you, except maybe your family, we'll talk about that in a minute, yesh mokom l'hokilatzmo. However, kamuvan sarukulach mabiyantiv sheni shuchol biyisro shvuos achon shol pesach simchas torah. What should he do? He has to put on tefillin, of course. Sheni ach tefillin, yitzpal tefillat chol. He has to because he's missing part of the shmon esrei. Avol yasazo petzina. That means he shouldn't come to shul with his tefillin. Obviously, uh, he should do the tefillin privately and. In terms of the Shmon Esrei, there are people who disagree with what Rav uh, Rabinovich is saying. They say he could actually do the Shmon Esrei with everyone else who's doing the Yontav Shmon Esrei, and no one will realize that he's davening a longer Shmon Esrei than they are. But okay. And he can't take off. He needs to show up in shul. Okay. Yes. So what you need to show up in shul, kadeshul yetzel avrinun. So people shouldn't say, "What's with that guy?" 
He now, Rabinovich quotes one of the biggest poskim of the 19th century. That was Rav, 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 Rav Shadron, the grandfather of, of the famous Rav Shalom Shadron, the Brajan Arov, who writes, Ubagos Marsham Shom Mifane, he shows people, he tells people to turn towards a whole number of achronim who paskin that a per, a, 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 one of these people who are visiting from Eretz Yisrael can get an aliyah on Yontav Sheni as well, even though it's a day that he doesn't need to read the Torah. He's able to be called up, he shows up in Shul, he can take an aliyah. Now, it's clear, though, he should not act as the Chazam. Now, what does it mean, though, Rav Rabinovich says, that I'm only here temporarily? He says, it's not simple. The Mogan Avram brings from the Radvaz, who lived in, outside of Eretz Yisrael and then spent his last years in Israel. He also uh, lived close to be 100 years old. He was about 100 years old or more when he was acting as the head Dayan in Yerushalayim. He had spent most of his life in Chutzlar, it's in, in, in Mitzrayim. When the David ibn Zimra says the following, Ha'oker di im ishto that if somebody leaves Eretz Yisrael and takes his wife with him to spend time in Chutz even though he has full intent to go back to Israel, your actions undermine what supposedly is in your head. Why? Because you left, you have your wife with you, you have to keep both days of Yontif in that case. <laughs> yeah. So that would be what, um, that was the Psak of the Radvaz. But the Poskes Manenu say that things have changed. The Radvaz lived in the 16th century. So we are 500 years removed from then. Today, he says, in those days, the fact that you traveled itself took weeks and weeks. It was, it was long and slow and expensive. And the fact that you took your wife with you indicates that you were planning on staying a long time. The People didn't take short trips with their wives. Couples, families, they travel, they spend a week or two in America, a week or two back. Traveling has become something different. So therefore, the Psak of the Mogan Avram would not hold true anymore. If you're a visitor, if you're just traveling from Israel and you've got a round-trip ticket, even if it's for a year, you are an Israeli. And basically, you keep Yontav, you don't keep Yontav Shani, only in a public fashion that people shouldn't talk about you. But... And you've also rented a house 
or bought a house or leasing a house. You're not in some Malone, you're not in some caravan, but you're in an actual home and you don't have your return ticket. And you've got a job with the school that you're working for. You have a job with the JCC or with the Y. All those things mean, even though you're Israeli, you're planning to go back, Rav Rabinovich says, they become B'nai Chutzlaretz. Except, he gives an exception, if they go back for, for some of the holidays. But if they stay for a year, and they didn't go back that whole year, even though at the end of the year they buy their ticket, during that year, Rav Rabinovich says, they should keep two days, just like someone who's born and living uh, in Chutzlaretz permanently. So once again, just to get to the Psak, a person who leaves his apartment in Eretz Yisrael, spends a decent amount of time here in America, but he wants to go back. Obviously, he cannot in any way show any malacha publicly. He should show up in shul. However, he davens his. He needs to daven the weekday shmon esrei and to put on the tefillin. However, if you are here, if What about a person, Avrami is asking, what about a person who is on a government contract? Uh, in other words, Israeli government is going to call him back, you mean? Um, is that different than this, Avrami? When he's talking about the, the, the Bnei Akiva Shluchim or whatever, who take jobs in schools in America. They've, got, they've even got a contract. Um, they probably cannot stay. They probably are forced to go back to Israel, uh, you know, at a certain time. I would assume so. But he still feels that if they're staying here and they don't have that ticket and they've been here this whole year and they've got their own, they're renting their own house, those people should, should be, those people should keep two days. So, I'm not sure what you, Avrami means when you say that they have, in other words, uh, you're right. If, 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 if they're agents of the Israeli government, I think it might be different. But here, we're, but if the fact that there's Israeli laws that are forcing them to go back, I'm not sure if in Rabinovich's eyes, that's enough. Unless they actually do the trip and they actually go back for some of the Yom Tovim. That would be his psak. Anyway, interesting things about um, we should all be Zoha to go uh, in a real way. So that is the um, that is the halacha, a little bit extended version for today. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 